Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, and still, through some miraculous method, your champion, the rogue of wrestling, Michael Whoa. Newman, joined alongside my tag team partner and my partner in crime, the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Some bullshit. That's how you're still a champion. <laughs> so, actually, you know what? It was kind of some crazy bullshit, because, like... Uh, I, like I ended up getting like the points for the street profits, and like who the fuck thought they were gonna beat the undisputed era? Like, <laughs> and uh, I ended and up then getting... and then drop it the next NXT on whatever. Right, and then just immediately fucking drop it. <laughs> so it was like little things like that. I think actually, if that had gone the other way, um, then you might have won. Actually, we would have tied at that point, which meant I still would have kept it, but. Oh, then Rollins stealing it? Like, thank God. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a couple of close calls here. But, it's alright. No need to worry. Despite the title being back on the line, we already know who's going to win this contest. Me. <laughs> you and, I'm sure, all the people at home would like to think so. But I'm here to disappoint. <laughs> Okay, uh, Million Dollar Man. Yeah. That was Everybody has a price. Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, I had a price for AEW tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. You and uh, you and Corey are going to be going to uh, one of the AEW tapings. Yeah, thank God. Live show, actually, I guess. Thank God we were able to get on the ticket site when we did. Did, did I tell you, like, the timeline of this? Uh, I, I think you did, but let's, let's tell the listeners. Okay, so... Uh, Corey and I both logged on around 12 p.m. Uh, the day the tickets went on sale. This was now, like, what, two weeks ago or something like that? Um, yeah. It was a Friday. I was at work, and so just during my lunch, I was, like, sitting on the my computer trying to get these tickets. Luckily, Corey was off from his regular job. He's also a progression instructor at a local high school. Mm-hmm. So luckily, he had band camp that week. So he was off from his regular work, and he was able to, like, take some time away from the band uh, to look at the tickets on his phone. And we're both texting each other because our ticket says they're just like loading. The screen, the loading screen's just going. And we're just like, well, let's just see who gets the better tickets. And so we text each other when we finally both get in and get the ticket. Uh, like when you just say, hey, give me two of the best available or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we got completely different sections. Like he got down almost on the floor, I think. And I got like up in the 200s. <laughs> Wow, holy shit. Like, and we were on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and so we went with his tickets, so we're, like, we're almost down on the floor on the camera side. So we will be on television. Uh, nice. And, yeah, and it's just nuts. And then we, we both were watching Twitter just to see when they would say, and it was 
within an hour, it sold out. Both at the same time. So was, insane. Because that was uh, Boston and Philly, I think, went on sale at the same time. Both of them sold out within an hour. So you're going to have to figure out what kind of sign you're going to bring. Because if you're going to be on camera, you got to like <laughs> make an impression. I would have to think really... It would have to be a really good sign for me to want to do it. Well, actually, you know what? Shit, because didn't they announce that they're going to be having the first defense of the uh, AEW title on that night? Yes, I believe that's our night. It's either that or the women's championship. I can't remember what's what. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the women's championship is on the first on a, the debut episode. Okay. I think, and then I think Philly gets the uh, first defense of the men's championship. I could be wrong, but you should just bring a sign of then whoever you want to win that match. You know. Ah uh, yes, yeah, so I, I will have to wait. I will have to wait for the results of All Out to decide that. Yeah, exactly. And to see who the challenger is. I was going to see, and to see that, that. So that might be Although, just like the week before. We'll see. I definitely feel like the uh, it's going to be among these like people who have other singles matches. Probably gonna be like either Omega or Pac or Sean Spears or Cody. Like One of them, I feel like, is probably going to be the first challenger. Uh, yes, you but. are correct. AEW World Championship to be defended live on TNT in Philadelphia. There you go. So yeah, you're gonna be at the very first defense. That's crazy. Fucking nuts. I mean, we were both, Corey and I were both surprised we even got tickets. Like, yeah, like I'm really surprised and very glad for you too. That's very lucky. And like, just amazing too to see how much like it's still going. At least as far as this intense buzz, and I'll be curious to see how long it keeps going as far as these record sellouts. Like, it's just every time it seems like it's within an hour. And, like, the site's crashing. Like, crazy shit. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a look. Because I, I heard that the next round of TVs after ours didn't sell out right away like that. Mm-hmm. It had been a few days that the tickets had been on sale mm-hmm. and hadn't. So, let's see. So, you're oh. saying it still sold out, but it took, like, a couple of days? I don't know something? if it's sold or... out yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, even if it doesn't still like keep selling out in that first hour, I feel like, yeah, obviously things will still slow down at some point, but yeah. Okay, it's AEW Pittsburgh and Charleston, West Virginia. That's why I gotta look up to see if they. Hmm. AEW. I would be surprised if Pittsburgh didn't sell out. Yeah, I feel like Pittsburgh would be Pittsburgh would be a decent market, but. But I don't know if it, between like doing like Chicago and. Um, Boston and Philly so recently maybe it's too close to there I don't know so four days ago it hadn't sold out Mm. but they still sold like Pittsburgh sold 4,000 tickets and Charleston had Mm 3,000 hey that's still pretty good yeah I would at least assume based on the size of the... Because I assume they're going for, like, what? Like, a little bit under 10,000 seat arenas for the most part? Yeah, let me look up what Phillies is. So, the Leah Core Center holds 10,200. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, rough estimates subtract around 2,000 for stage and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. 8,000 people, probably. Roundabout. Not giving exact. I have no idea. (laughs) Could make some serious bank. And I bet, you know, I'm, I'll be curious to see, too, like, as they keep having more shows and whatnot, like, how much merchandise they're going to be selling, too. Oh, that's going to be a like, moneymaker. 
Yeah, because I feel like historically, like especially the last couple of years, like um, you know the elite and when they're back and part of Bullet Club and whatnot, like they had much better merchandise than like the average WWE people. Yeah. And so then even though like there's a larger pool of like general WWE casual fans and then like a couple of them are buying shirts comparatively, like the fan base of like the elite, like those people have been buying a lot per head mm-hmm. as far as merchandise. Yeah, like to the point where then like you go to a WWE show and half of those people have like AEW or Bullet Club sort of shirts and shit like that. Like they were selling so much goddamn merch that it was like I I don't know. I guess they they probably wouldn't have been able to challenge like WWE's top sellers, but I'm sure they were definitely outselling like everybody outside of WWE's top sellers. For oh, much. there was at one point I thought Meltzer said that the uh, Bullet Club shirts, when it was like Omega and stuff, were outselling mm-hmm. at least maybe like Roman Reigns, who was one of the WWE's tops. So, wow. I think. I wonder so. if they ever ever outsold Cena. Probably not. I feel like that's almost like impossible. But at this point, you probably maybe. could, right? At this like, point, right you now. definitely could. But like, yeah. I mean, at his heyday, like at a time where like Cena was still big and Bullet Club was starting to become a thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, that that would be like <clears throat> an indie promotion outselling like Austin in his prime, like. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, Jim Ross's podcast at one point said. Uh, I think it was Jim Ross. Someone asked, like, what was the largest check? you've ever given a talent and like they didn't ask for specifics of like anything and jim ross said it was a million dollars and that was one quarter's royalties to stone cold steve austin mother and i think i think he said it was just for shirts alone so not even insane not even like posters or like whatever else he was selling he was selling fucking everything at the time God damn. One quarter? Just yeah. for one quarter of the year? Yeah. Oh my god. And that was his royalties. just the royalties. Yeah. Like, Which is pennies Christ. on the dollar of what, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure Austin oh was making god. a bigger percentage, right, than most people, but. Yeah. Yeah. That is just fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Stone Cold is just a completely fucking made man, and he has been ever since then, you know? Loving it. Whatever if, fuck he if wants. people haven't watched it, his new show is awesome. What is his new show? It comes on after Raw in USA. It's called Straight Up Steve Austin, and he instead of just like sitting down with the celebrity, he mm-hmm. does like crazy shit with them. So the very first <laughs> episode was the comedian Rob Riggle, who's been okay. on like Step Brothers and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Those kind of movies, and he's a former Marine. So Steve Austin like drove a tank with him and like crushed cars with this tank <laughs> and uh let him shoot like this crazy machine gun that fires like however like a million rounds in a minute or whatever like some crazy amount like damn yeah well, that sounds fun yeah he, like, should, he should go uh hunting with Shawn michaels sometime <laughs> oh he's got a uh, becky lynch coming up oh yeah i think that's this coming monday Nice. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with her, but he's at least got her on the show. I don't even care what it is. I might just have to check it out just to see whatever Becky's going to do with Stone Cold. Yeah, uh, right after Raw on the USA Network. You sound just like an advertiser. That was nice. 
Yep. Right after Raw on the USA Network. <laughs> and then what's also going to be on the USA Network is uh, NXT. Yes. Uh, what do you oh, think of that whole I almost move? forgot about that. Oh, uh, definitely. Smart move, by the way. I got to give WWE credit for that. Because I think it was on Jim Cornette's podcast. Someone asked, they were like, what do you think about the uh, NXT move? And Jim Cornette, you know, who like hates current product wrestling, <laughs> was mm-hmm. like, hey, it's smart because that's the kind of fans that are watching All Elite are the NXT fans. He was like, if you move mm-hmm. over a Raw or SmackDown, which obviously they couldn't because they have those TV deals coming up, but he was like, if like that was on the table, he's like, you wouldn't move a Raw or SmackDown because that's not going to be a challenge to AEW, whereas NXT could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's an interesting gamble because it's like, if if they invest in NXT correctly, and I but I mean correctly, what I mean is that Vince needs to kind of like keep his paws off it a little bit. But I know obviously he's going to be very tempted to put his paws more on it because now it's on TV and whatnot. So he's got to put his fingerprints on it. But like, I'm not sure about that just because of uh, the XFL coming back. I'm not sure he's going to have the time. I mean, that let's hope so. Let's hope he's all of his time just gets eaten up by the XFL. And also, I think someone pointed this out, is this could have been planned for a long time because some people point out why weren't why wasn't Triple H considered to take over either Raw or SmackDown in those new executive roles that Heyman and Bischoff got? Mm-hmm. So it was like maybe they were thinking about this all along, was that NXT is going to mm-hmm. have a bigger role and Triple H won't have time to do Raw or SmackDown. Like He's going to stick with NXT. So True. Like I could see them having thought of this a long time ago, especially thinking in preparation, because like AEW was talking about putting together a TV show a long time ago. Yeah. It was only more recently that then, you know, they got the specifics announced and got a specific network and a night. Like, and I think that they probably would have already thought ahead of time, like, look, for two reasons, if we can eventually get NXT a TV deal, we want to keep it on Wednesday nights. One, because it's already on Wednesday nights, so we want to keep people used to watching it on the same night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, because they would think if they were smart, which I think they're at least smart enough to know this, that if AEW got a show, they would probably, if they were smart, put it on Wednesday nights to go up against NXT. So that they still have a night to have competition against, but at least at that time, NXT is on the network and it's taped, like weeks and weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. So then the average fan, if you're watching one or the other, you're going to watch AEW, which is live, and then just watch NXT later, which is taped anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. That's what the fucking fan is going to do. So then this is kind of like a, a next level like 3D chess move to be like, oh, okay, well, now we're going to make NXT live and put it in the same time slot so that it's proper competition. Well, you want to like, know I, it, what I think I think happened? it had to have been a calculated move because they, they can't just like put together a TV like this deal like this out of nowhere. Oh, I think this was a calculated move, not against yeah. each other. Hmm. So here's my theory. So AEW, if they were going to be on TNT during basketball season, their only night besides Monday and Friday could be Wednesday, because basketball ah. games are aired on TNT Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I don't, I don't think they got much of a choice. I think it was either go up up against Raw mm-hmm. or go up against SmackDown, because at that point everyone knew SmackDown was moving to Fridays on Fox. Right. So I think that like their only option was Wednesday. I think at the same time, obviously both companies could be trying to go after each other. Don't get me wrong. 
I'm just saying, I think it also could be just like, this was going to happen anyway kind of a thing. Because I think mm-hmm. at the same time with the USA deal, or I'm sorry, well, technically NBC Universal, whatever you want to call it, deal, to keep Raw in USA, I think them and Fox were edging each other on WWE to get NXT on their network. So I think no matter what, mm-hmm. NXT was moving to a network. Because both both of those TV deals were so big, I was like, there's no way it's just for Raw or SmackDown. Like, they're going to want more. And, and that's starting to come out now. I don't know if you heard, like, Fox Sports is now going to do, like, a WWE talk show. Oh, I did not hear about that. Yeah. Because it, it, that was apparently already written into the deal. It was then when they were going to use... So Fox wrote the deal in as, we're going to take SmackDown, and we want another show. And so mm. WWE is thinking about just moving up NXT to like Fox Sports or something like that. And then USA heard that and was like, uh, hey, we'll give you more money if you just want to move it to the USA now. You know what? They should bring back Talking Smack and put that on yeah. Fox. And then another interesting <laughs> turn of events, this is a very, very light rumored thing, is that CM Punk's agent has reached out to Fox to see if he will host that talk show on the ooh, ooh. on Fox Sports. Huh. Not he wouldn't be working for WWE. This would be right. like this would be Fo- he'd be working for Fox. Exactly. But like I I can't imagine that he would <laughs> fucking do that. There's no way. Like that would almost be worse than going back to WWE. It's going to do another network to just talk about WWE. Like it would, it would be like his own personal no hell, right? Like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's no fucking way. So the the clarification on that was that it was just his agent reaching out. So like, there's no, it's not known if Punk told his agent to reach out or his agent was just like, hey, I'm trying to get you a deal. Like, <laughs> if his agent even did reach out, I bet they just did of their own volition. I bet you probably the more likely thing is that I bet they're just trying to look for people to host, and they probably sent something to his agent to be like, hey, like, would CM Punk please be interested in this? Yeah, that's possible. Too. And then of course they're gonna be like, uh, no. CM Punk would rather kill himself than do this. Probably. CM Punk will more likely debut in AEW this weekend than he will do that Fox show. I mean, he is close to the event. He's going to be at StarCast. He's going to be at StarCast. And did you see that little uh, promo thing he cut? No. Oh. Oh, Joe. This is, uh... I mean, I don't think it's actually still going to be anything just because, I don't know. I, think I guess I'm an atheist like, at this point, so I just don't believe like in God, Jericho, so I don't believe in CM Punk either. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if there was anything that was like, he's like, he's never done anything this teasy over this years. This is another level. He cut like an actual fucking promo, like a little video promo kind of thing, basically talking about how like you know he isn't anybody's, he isn't under anybody's heel. He can do whatever the fuck he want, and all the people who have like canceled shit in the past like canceling going to starcast why not they fucking suck and that he's not canceling because you know he's not under anybody's obligation to do so basically calling out like angle and taker because like wwe like kind of forced them to cancel shit yeah and so he's like yep i'm gonna go there i'm gonna if i smile it's because i'm happy to see you i'm gonna sign shit for whoever the fuck i want you know and he talked about taking a bump in the ring but it was kind of like a a little bit of a joke he was saying, like, you know, he slammed down to the ring just one time with nobody else there. And then he was like, all right, where's my 20 grand? I took a bump. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
So, I don't know. It's like, it could just be really funny parody stuff, or it could be like, who the fuck knows? I think that's, you know, that's a little bit of part of, I think, what makes CM Punk great, is because he is like a genuinely mysterious fucking person. Yeah, like, that's I think, very true. I think a lot more people, you can kind of really predict what they're going to do. It's just like, oh, well, there's a good paycheck involved. Of course they're going to fucking do it. Yeah. But, like, CM Punk is so set in his fucking ways that it's like, it doesn't matter how much money offered, like, WWE gave him right now. He would tell them to go fuck themselves. Well, yeah, because he doesn't need it. Between yeah. the the money he got from USC, the, the money he saved up from WWE, the money he gets for these appearances now, um, AJ's probably bringing in some money from, like, her book deal and stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, he's he's a fucking made man, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he was smart with his money, so. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, well, I'd, and I, see if he ends up eventually coming into AEW, I don't think it's going to be at this show. Because I feel like they've got enough going on, especially with, like, crowning their first ever champion, that, like, th- this is actually the fucking problem. It's like, because if CM Punk came back, that would be more important than the crowning of the first champion. Yeah. And that Very would true. be bad, in my opinion. Well, yeah, the takeaway from that moment that every promotion wants to have, which is the crowning mm-hmm. of, like, their first... Like, that's what sets your tone. Exactly. Like, your your championship needs to mean something. Yeah. You know, the championship needs to be the most important fucking thing. Otherwise, like, why are all these people fighting? Exactly. That's part of why New Japan is so goddamn awesome, because they actually treat that belt like it's God. Like, they don't fuck around with it. But, uh, alright, let's see. Should we get into some predictions? I guess we shall. Is there anything or, else? I'm oh, to oh my god, no. We need to talk a little bit more about the... We need to talk about the Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan storyline. Like, what oh, the fuck dear, is this shit? <laughs> what is this? You know what my first thought was? Was, well... Bischoff is finally taken over, definitely, and apparently not. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it's like, okay, obviously, like Daniel Bryan and Rowan did it. Like, yeah, they've they've always done it. Like, uh, no, it's um, uh, which one is that guy that just looks like Rowan, right? Yeah, whatever the fuck. Yes, yeah, so that it's like the layers of level of this lie. So it's like, all right, Daniel Bryan. Because then also, like, we didn't even see the camera angle that they showed. Didn't even show who operated the forklift. It just showed whoever pushed it over afterwards. Yeah. So then it's like, all right, are we just going to get another video later of Daniel Bryan driving the forklift? Like. And it's always, I love how it's always the the last two minutes of the show. Yeah, and it's like the weird, because like, okay, at least in the last episode, this most recent one, like, I think Roman Reigns, like, speared daniel bryan or something so it's like okay that makes sense but like the episode before that they just end with like revealing the weird rowan doppelganger and them just staring at each other and roman reigns is just like well i guess i'm too confused to do anything fade to black it's like what and then the next week he's like i'm gonna figure this out until like the last two minutes of the show and it's like are we really right like is this scooby-doo with violence like, is this what Scooby this show has become? Like, you? like, is this literally just actually a children's program where we're like, even the most obvious storylines, we're supposed to pretend like we don't know what's happening yet? It's it's. There's been this weird switch, right, where like Raw has been better than SmackDown recently, actually, because of this crowd. 
Yeah, well, it like goes back and forth because like this has been abysmal, but like I feel like Kofi and Randy is pretty good. Uh, except for Randy saying "stupid" so many fucking times. Yes, yeah, well, that's that's too many. Yeah, stupid, too many. stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> I wonder if he thinks this is stupid. <laughs> or maybe he was trying to say it so many times that it like lost meaning for him. <laughs> he said, but, "This no, this no longer affects me." <laughs> this word is now meaningless. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a weird mixed bag. Yeah, because that's been kind of strange. Like uh, Charlotte and Bailey, I don't know exactly where that's going because there was like the whole weird segment with like Alexa Bliss. Yeah, where Charlotte was there, and then all of a sudden Bailey just like pushes Charlotte over like a total heel, like a total bitch. It's like, what is this? And then like Charlotte like can't get up. So yeah, and then Charlotte can't get up. It's like, what the fuck is this bizarro world where Bailey's a heel and Charlotte is weak? Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, it's. I guess things are in a state of flux right now. You know, because it's like they've got new people in control of creative. Some of the shows are going to be switching nights. Some of them are switching networks. It's like, everything's going fucking wild over there. Vince mm-hmm. is going to be getting involved with the XFL. AEW is coming up. Oh, did you see the entrance video for the XFL teams? No. Oh, let me, let me just read you the names. Hold oh, on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they're not they're not as bad as they once were, but it's still close. I okay. think it's, it's like, what can we trademark? <laughs> what can we trademark? What a great game. Uh, oh, this is it. So we have the Dallas Renegades, okay. the Houston Roughnecks, the Roughnecks. Oh God! <laughs> the Los Angeles Wildcats. Wild. Okay, fair enough. Wildcats, fine. Uh, the Seattle Dragons. The Dragons. Nice. <laughs> the DC Defenders. The DC Defenders. Okay. The New York Guardians. But Guardians and Defenders, pretty close. Yeah. And New York and D.C. are, like, right near each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The St. Louis Battlehawks. Battlehawks. And the Tampa Bay Vipers. Oh, the Vipers. Oh, my God. Randy Orton's better (laughs) make an appearance. Someone was like, Randy Orton better run out in the middle of the game and RKO somebody. Randy Orton just better be their mascot. Like, instead of having an actual Viper or whatever, it's just Randy Orton who just comes out and RKO's the other mascot. (laughs) Every game. You know what? That's just... Randy doesn't do wrestling anymore. He just works for the Vipers. <laughs> and my favorite part about this whole thing is most of these games are going to be played at uh, soccer stadiums. So the LA team is playing at the home of the LA Galaxy. Uh, the Seattle Dragons are playing at the home of the Seattle Sounders. DC is playing at the DC United Field. Um, who else we got? Oh, that's Actually, it, but no, still... Yeah. Joe, I got an even better idea. Instead of him being the mascot, what he, Randy Orton does is just he, at one point in the game, can get sent out as like an extra player to just <laughs> randomly RKO one guy. Like, and he'll always go after the guy with the ball or whatever. Like, and just, you know, get him right when he's about to catch it. He's not paying attention. RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> or, wait, hold on. I've got a better idea. Uh, what if when the ref makes a bad call. <laughs> The coach is allowed to send yeah. them out to RK. <laughs> they send them out to RK other refs. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. 
<laughs> yeah, he just progressively like RKO's different people involved. Like the announcers get RKO'd. Like the, <laughs> so uh, the camera guy misses a shot, he gets RKO'd. Some kid in the crowd just gets RKO'd. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's some bratty kid that security's dealing with, and it's like, all right, call on Randy Orton. This kid needs some discipline. It's like uh, draping DDT him onto the cement. <laughs> All they have to do is make it past their first season, and they'll have done better than the AAF, which recently folded. Folded. So, well, there you go. I mean, that I mean that is kind of a, a bar, though. You know, because NFL does have a tight grip on the American footballs. But... Uh, they're at least doing the smart thing of going when the NFL isn't. So. Yeah. That is a smarter decision. Like, when was the AF playing? Um, <laughs> they ceased in April. Oh my god, they didn't even last a month? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wow. They did no. They did they lasted at least a year. Oh, but I don't know okay. when the I don't know when the season started. So they they were founded in March of twenty eighteen and they filed for bankruptcy in April twenty nineteen. Yeah, alright, so, a year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they went... Oh, yeah, they did October of 2018, so right in the middle of NFL season. And then, yeah, then went to April of the next year, which is the end of NFL season. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad idea. Yep. <laughs> so, at least the XFL is off to a better start that way. Yeah, at least he'll probably be off to a better start, that's true. But uh, speaking of starts, let's talk about AEW's start here, because this is the last big show before the TV starts. Yes. And, this, and I feel like this is, in a kind of way, like, even though they've had the shows before, I feel like in a lot of ways this is kind of like almost their first show of, like, the new beginning in a lot of ways. Because, like, crowning the first champion really does kind of, like, start your timeline in a way. Yeah. I mean that that's where your that's what your yeah. promotion is supposed to be built around. So yeah, because then otherwise it's just like random fun dream matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, now everything there's a goal, there's a clear objective. Although I guess you could say like right because they have presented the belt I think at the last pay per view. If I remember correctly, because that was when Bret Hart came out. Yes. But uh, yeah, but now it's actually going to be on somebody. It's going to be a thing that people fight for. But uh, I don't think that's the match I'm going to pick first because I'm still too conflicted about who's going to win. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I'm going to pick to start um, the Lucha Bros. I think Ooh. the Lucha Bros are going to be going over the Young Bucks here because, uh, well, for one... The Lucha Bros, I feel like, just have not gotten enough wins in AEW at this point. <clears throat> like, so they need to be built up a little more. Especially because I feel like, comp- other than the Young Bucks, like, they're kind of, like, the second most important tag team. Yeah. In my opinion. And, I guess and then it'll be well. whoever, like, comes out of the tournament and stuff. Yeah, like, whoever comes out of that tournament. Um, and then, potentially, I guess, if they put, like, Cody and Goldust back together, I guess that's another important one, but... As far as, like, yeah, long-term established tag teams, that's, yeah, different. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the Lucha Bros. 
also too just because like i feel like if um if the elite guys win too many times then it becomes too much of like a almost like an nwo situation in wcw of like oh what these guys are just booking themselves to win all the time mm-hmm. and the young bucks have won a lot of matches so far because i feel like it's it's a good situation a good time for them to lose a match yeah and even with the potential rumors about phoenix being maybe a little bit uh less than 100 percent you know pentagon can still win it for him so that's fine they can work around it and plus if if pentagon and phoenix like if phoenix is injured then they they should retain the championships here and then drop them yeah. to someone else in AAA, like later. True. That's that's the other thing too, right? Is that like now that AEW's own tag division is going to start getting underway? Like I think you need to keep the AAA titles on the guys who are still more so involved in AAA, so that then yeah. the Young Bucks would be free to either win the AEW tag titles or at least be prominent challengers to those titles. Yeah, like it's been understandable so far why they've used the AAA Tag Team Championships because they haven't had their mm-hmm. own yet, but now... Right. And yeah, especially if the, the, the TV is going to be very centered around the Tag Teams, apparently. Right, because the Tag Team Tournament's going to be starting and stuff. Although, I guess, technically, it's almost starting on this show because whoever wins that one tag match gets a bye, right? Yeah. But then it'll be begin regularly in earnest on TV. But yeah, I mean, I could also see Young Bucks winning this, but I, I don't know, I just feel like it's a lot more likely that the Lucha Bros retain, and it makes a lot more sense to me. Yep. Uh, I'll hope for uh, an upset. <laughs> but I am going to go with the match that was recently changed, and so it brings Ooh. up another u- news item. Kenny yes. Omega has a new opponent for this pay-per-view. Uh, Dean Ambrose uh, could use the antibiotic that I'm working on, because apparently he's come down with a staph infection. And uh, the yeah. antibiotic that I work on could kill staff pretty easily. Hmm. Uh, even you should let him if, know about it. Even if it is methos... Well, we haven't tested on humans yet, so I wouldn't want to give it to him and have him die. So. Oh, yeah. If you if you killed John Moxley, I'd be very mad at you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't kill mice, so that's all I know so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so John Moxley is coming down with a bad case of MRSA. And mm-hmm. So Pac takes his place what did you think about this substitution i so i remember when i heard about it i was you know obviously upset because it's like oh what sucks i was looking forward to the omega moxie match but yeah. you know it's like whatever they'll get to that but then when i heard that i was like oh but Pac is a replacement i was like oh fuck yeah that's yeah. awesome like from an in-ring perspective i'm even more excited for Pac and omega yeah but you know there's just no story going into it but that's fine whatever Honestly, yeah, I mean, between those two, I don't even think I fucking care. Card subject to change, like yes. Yeah. And plus, uh, it, it was just one of those things. Like it would only get better with a story. But those two, like from an in ring perspective, I feel like it's going to be fucking insane. Yeah. So now it's up to the booking of like, do we want to turn this into a mini program before Kenny goes back to Moxley, or is it just going to be this one off and Pac goes on to something else after mm-hmm. this match? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, but so my prediction is then Kenny wins this match just because I think you want him going in strong to the thing with, with Moxley and Pac really isn't going in for anything. So I think it just as long as he looks good in this match, I think he's fine. Hmm. Okay. That's fair enough. Especially too. Cause I, I mean, I feel like definitely in a lot of ways, this match is probably the one that's building up to like, who's the next challenger for the title. Mm-hmm. 
and you know with Omega being like you know very central to and committed to AEW, you know figured it might be him. Um, mm-hmm. And especially with like you know long term plans, you know who knows who was going to win the match between. Actually, you know what? I'd be curious. Who do you think was going to win the match between Omega and Moxley? Um. That's, I feel like it's actually that was really more hard. of a toss up. Yeah, like that's I could be because definitely it see depends on the way. outcome of the Page and Jericho match. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like Moxley versus Page and then Kenny versus Jericho, like would have yeah. been the matchups if right. Yeah, because huh. Page is more of a face, mm-hmm. and I. So what what do you count Moxley and Omega as so far? Oh, Omega's definitely a face in AEW. Uh, Moxley, I, I would say Moxley's definitely a tweener because, like, he definitely acts like a heel, but he's still like that, you know, the badass kind of like you're supposed to kind of like him though. Yeah, he's he's the Stone Cold of the. Yeah, yeah. So I would say he's definitely like if, if somebody were to be like, "What's a tweener?" I'd be like, "Oh, him." Why are you talking? <laughs> or like you know, else? Stone Cold, like yeah. Although I guess Stone Cold was maybe a little bit more babyface at certain times. Absolutely. But, but I think he also changed what it meant to be a babyface, but we don't need to get into that right now. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, that's... that's Yeah, because... Uh, shit. This, I can't say too much. I feel like I don't want to give my other predictions oh, away keep, from the Keep movement. talking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard, actually. It's hard in both cases, but um, yeah, that's fine. I'll go with Pac, because I guess there's the other rule, right, of like picking whoever the replacement is is usually a good strategy. Yeah. Um. And I could I could also kind of see them trying to use this as like Omega is obviously a huge name. Still, I would still kind of say probably the biggest name in AEW as far as like modern in ring name. Uh huh. And he can still take a loss or two. And at this really early point in the game, that means a lot. So I think giving a a win to either Moxley or Pac could still be a really good idea. And it wouldn't hurt Kenny that much. Especially if then, like, pretty soon he turns it around and wins a big match or two. Like, I don't think that would be a bad idea. So, I could definitely see Pac winning this match. Especially if he's going to be doing a couple more shows in the future and stuff like that. Like, Because actually, I, um, I was looking on their website and he is on their roster. Officially Oh, listed. officially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I figure he's going to be doing more in the future, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else you wanted to say about this match? Nope. Hmm. Okay. Choices, choices. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. I'm going to go next for uh, Sean Spears over Cody. I feel like uh, this is the match to make him with. Stole my pick. Yeah, Cody can definitely take this loss uh, in, in a similar kind of vein with like the Omega thing that like Cody is a big enough name and he's got enough of a character built up, especially with this audience that like he can absolutely take a loss. And especially, I think this is the kind of loss that he can take too because there's the built-in like betrayal bit of like you know Tully Blanchard working with Sean Spears and that's like an old enemy of Dusty Rhodes. So there's that like sinister element to it. Like this could be a feud that lasts for a while and this could be just the beginning of it yeah well i, I guess technically the first time he hit him with the chair and started it, i guess would have been the beginning but you know what i mean the first match in a long series of matches 
Uh, I absolutely agree. That was going to be my pick. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I like they could still book it in a way. I suppose that like it extends the feud if like maybe Cody steals a win, but I feel like there's no way that Cody gets like a definitive win over Sean Spears at this early stage. Like, cause, cause the thing is with like um, Tully being down there, and I think if I remember correctly, Cody's going to be able to have one person at ringside. So like with those people being down there, I feel like shenanigans could ensue, and then Cody could like maybe steal like a a roll up or something. Like, yeah, maybe still got a crimson mask in the middle of it because like Sean Spears has already decked him with a chair. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's possible. Especially yeah. because then if afterwards, like, Sean either hits him with the chair again or, like, is trying to hit him and Cody has to run, like. <laughs> uh, who do you think is in uh, Cody's, Cody's corner? corner? Uh, is Brandy in a match? Uh, I believe she's in the Battle Royal. She's in the Battle Royal, okay. Because, um, yeah, if it wasn't going to be, otherwise I was going to say probably Brandy. Because um, I've got Maybe Goldust? Possibly. Is, is Dustin... He's not booked for anything, I don't think. So I could see that. Yeah, I'll uh, go with that. Maybe Dustin. I'm going to say someone that uh, hasn't been uh, on AEW TV yet. CM that Punk. is... <laughs> uh, Arn Anderson. Oh. Oh, right. So he's going to be at StarCast because he's going to be... he's coming up as a podcast with uh, Conrad Thompson. And I think he would be the perfect counter mm-hmm. to Sean having uh, Tully Blanchard in his corner. So that, another another yeah. one of the four horsemen. That would be pretty cool. I just don't know. Apparently he's like it's up in the air when his like no compete clause is up mm-hmm. from WWE. So I think it just depends on that. But would this even count if he's... I mean, he wouldn't be competing. But That's, I guess it's like a no-appear clause yeah, or whatever the it, fuck. Yeah, it's more of like a no-appear clause, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would that would be very interesting. That's that's hmm. what I want. Hmm. You present an intriguing scenario, Joe. All right. Next match, what are you picking? Uh... I'm gonna go with uh, oh the Dark Order defeating the best friends for the bye because yeah. Yeah. if we go by regular wrestling logic, <laughs> uh, the yeah. the heels usually get the bye in the tournaments, and so yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Heels, heels, Dark Order, even though. It's, uh, is it what Evil Uno is the one in the ma- mask, right? Out of the Dark Order. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, don't like him. Love Stu Grayson though. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, it would be really weird backwards wrestling booking to give the baby faces a buy, because then it's like, no matter what they do, they haven't earned it, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Right at that point. So yeah, um, this should absolutely go to the heels. Dark Order should win this. Like, so much so that, like, even though I could get a point out of it, I don't want the best friends to win this. This would only hurt them. And plus, it would be one of those things where then it's like, 
it can only hurt them either way to then have to go through the the pain of that loss together because then it's either they're still friends afterwards or if they're going towards a breakup then it's like well that it's more motivation towards that fire eventually because mm-hmm. i remember uh when they were in new japan just before they ended up left uh leaving they were starting to tease that a bit like with chucky e. t looking like he was going to turn heel um but then they left so they didn't complete that storyline so Now they're in a match to get this by. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's see. What am I going to pick next? Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to go for one of the pre-show matches. Um, I'm going to pick okay. SCU to go over uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. Is that because they have Marco Stunt on their team? Uh, actually, no. I was gonna say it's just because like this team actually has a name. SC actually <laughs> has a name, and these other guys don't. So I mean, I, I'm so scared of adding Marco Stunt to this group because Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in the last what was the last one? Fight for the Fallen. Uh-huh. We're just so fucking good together. Mm-hmm. Like they just gelled so well. They have the perfect chemistry. Of Jungle Boy gets the heat. Luchasaurus is the great big guy because he can fucking move. Like that's mm-hmm. what I hate about the Dark Order. Uh, Evil Uno is just a fat guy, whereas <laughs> like Luchasaurus is like the big guy that can actually like do shit. So right, he can actually move, and he's got a cool character. Like yeah, he's got a presence to him. And, it's and like... plus, that team got got some props from uh, Jim Cornette. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus? Yeah. He, yeah. when he first saw Luchasaurus, he was like, the fuck is this shit? That he saw them <laughs> in that match, and he was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like them together. They're a really he, fun tag team. He even gave them a pretty high compliment where he compared them to the Midnight Express. Wow. Or not, not Midnight, I'm sorry, Rock and Roll Express. Oh my god, even said, more. Where he was like, you've got the guy that can get the heat, and then you have the guy that come, can come in for the recovery, so. Yeah. Wow. In his eyes, that is, like, one of the biggest compliments you can fucking get. He, I mean, I don't. he didn't say that they were, like, as good as them, but at least somewhat compared them to, where he was but just st- like. Well, still, just the way that Cornette talks about people, to even yeah. just do that is, like. Yeah, he was like, the- Jungle Boy's like the Ricky Morton, where he gets the heat, <clears throat> and he mm-hmm. takes it all, and then Luchasaurus is like the Robert Gibson that comes in. Damn, that is a high compliment from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. All right, what match are you picking next? Uh, I will go with. This card is really hard. Yeah, it's hard because it's like I'm... there's not a lot of history, right? To draw. Yeah. I'm going to go with Darby Allen winning the hmm. Cracker Barrel Clash. Is that what it's called? The Cracker Barrel Clash? Yeah. Uh, between him and Janela and Jimmy Havoc. And that's just because I feel like out of those three, Darby is like the most AEW guy, I want to say. Like, I know all three have made their names outside <clears throat> of it. Mm-hmm. But at least I feel like Darby's like risen to more prominence by signing with AEW. 
Like Janela was pretty popular. So was Jimmy Havoc. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see that because I, I feel like no matter who wins this match, it's not Jimmy Havoc. Like he's the one that's eating the pin. Yeah, um, I think it's either going to be e, Janela or Darby. Yeah, so then I'm going to go with Janela. Um, and yeah, because I I feel like hmm. This is a tough one, because, yeah, like, I guess I'm arguing for Janela, but it's, like, I almost kind of feel like whoever gets this pin is almost going to be, like, almost getting a little bit more of, like, heel energy. Like, there's, I feel like the way I imagine this pin going down is that they're going to be stealing it from the other guy. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I see Joey Janela stealing the pin on Havoc that Darby earned to try and get as kind of, like, a continuation if he, like almost proving himself and like just kind of getting screwed at the last second because like he had that uh draw with cody where like you know he almost won but he ended up you know getting the or actually no he almost lost he just barely outlasted him with the draw mm-hmm. uh, and then this time it's like you know it looks like he's almost gonna get a win but then he gets stolen away from janela maybe like i feel like that's more the direction maybe they're gonna go mm-hmm but yeah, I don't know. I guess I could also see them because like Darby Allen, I feel like probably overall long term is probably going to be a bigger priority. I think you're right in that. Like even though Janela is also an important name in there, like I feel like they look at Darby Allen and they think they're going to be one of the big guys that they kind of like try to build in AEW. But but yeah, Janela. I'm trying to remember Janela. I don't think he has really like won a single match in AEW yet. No, I think you're right. So maybe I think he might need this win more. So I guess uh, I'm hoping I'm pulling for Janela. See if he can pull it off. Um, okay, let's see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the main event, and I am taking Adam Page. And weirdly enough, so I think the biggest reason for my booking or my by picking that is uh, due to actually some New Japan booking. Because uh, a while ago, Jericho had set up a little bit of like the seeds for a feud with Tanahashi, and I feel like that's going to pay off at some point, maybe at Wrestle Kingdom, maybe before that, but maybe more like at Wrestle Kingdom. And so, if that's going to be happening in a couple of months. I don't think that AEW would want their champion going over and then losing in a big match like that. So, because I feel like if that match happens, it's probably going to be Tanahashi beating Jericho in just kind of like a you know, random dream match of two legends. Mm-hmm. One off, move on from there. Um, and yeah, I don't think that they would want them to just have Jericho lose that match. So I feel like it's Paige. And because also... I feel like if they end up strapping the, strapping the rocket to Paige, try to make him succeed as a babyface, and it works, fucking great. And if it fails, you can turn him heel. Like, That's so I true. feel like, so I feel like giving him the title, like even if it does fail, like you could fail in a good way. Whereas with Jericho, I feel like the bigger downside is that, like, at least in my mind, and this is un- kind of unfortunate that this is in my mind, because then I feel like I know it's going to be in other people's minds, too. That, like, 
AEW will almost kind of be forever stained as like their first champion being a WWE guy. Like, mm. I like I don't even want myself to have that stigma and association, but I fucking do. Like, so I don't know. I feel like the smarter move in a couple of different reasons is to go for Paige, but uh, I would like to hear your thoughts on this match and the options therein. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's it's a toss-up between you go with Chris Jericho, the established guy, and be like, yeah, look, we have this big star as our champion. Or you go with kind of like your homegrown guy, so to speak, mm-hmm. in Adam Page. Um, I really don't think there's a negative either way. I think you're right with like maybe a little bit of the negative of Jericho, of like, oh, WWE guy is your champion, but... Mm-hmm. I. I don't think that'll truly hurt them. No, like I think that there's a there's a way to make it work. Like it's not like it's an impossible bad decision. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like it's tricky, and there's a lot of problems that could kind of come with it. Especially with then like, I feel like your options for then like who beats Jericho, and there are certain implications that come with that. Like it's harder to book around. Whereas like I feel like with Paige. Especially the other thing that's nice about like having a face champion then is you can have him against faces or heels, especially if they're going to be going with more of this like sports approach. Then you can justify face versus face matches a lot more often. And I guess they're even doing a little bit more like less traditional straight up baby face and heel. Like everybody's a little bit more of both <clears throat> than they have been before. Um. Because, yeah, just going with Jericho, I feel like then you'd have to... Mm, I don't know, that's hard. Because then I feel like you'd almost have to go with Omega is the one that has to beat him. But, because I feel like Omega is kind of in that position anyway. That, like, I feel like he's kind of being held on to as, like, he's either going to be the guy that dethrones the champion or he's he's going to be the champion before long. Oh, definitely. At some point, he will be the champion. Yeah, like, it, I would be more surprised if Kenny Omega is not, like, the second... Like, Every time there's a new champion crowned and it's not Kenny Omega, I'll be progressively more surprised. <laughs> Do you think there's anything holding these guys back of like like Cody and the Young Bucks and Omega being the executive VPs and like not wanting to look like they're just booking themselves to be champion? Um a little bit, maybe. Like, I think, because they obviously know that, like, that kind of perception would be there. And then, you know, obviously there's the very well-known bit of wrestling history of, like, the NWO. And even though those guys weren't even executive vice producers, but they were still, like, you know, abusing booking privileges and getting people to do shit for them. And just that's been a thing in the wrestling business before. Like, even Cody Rhodes' own dad, Dusty, was, like, booking himself to be the winner and the champion yeah. of his own promotion and shit. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a fucking thing that happens. Um, but I think... I feel like the way they've approached it, or the way they've at least talked about it so far, is they seem to have enough, enough of a smart enough idea that, like, they're not supposed to do that kind of shit, and that that kind of shit will lead to the collapse of their business. So they're, I think they're smart enough, and especially because I think what we've already seen, too, even in stuff like Being the Elite, like the little just YouTube show they were doing, like, they were constantly sharing the spotlight with a lot of other people. They were not constantly just getting themselves over. Like, even though they would get themselves over a lot, too. Like, you know, they're not dumb. Mm-hmm. But I think they, they know that lesson of, like, sharing the spotlight a lot better. And, I you know, at least so far in AEW, like, even though 
like one of them has been in the main event of like every single show so far and that'll probably still be the case for a while like it's not like they aren't putting together good storylines for the rest of the cards and things like that and it's not like they aren't highlighting other people and it's not like they aren't even letting other people win over them like fucking remembering the fact like omega was one of the people who was going to potentially be in this match but jericho beat him to challenge page so like you know if they were like completely just up their own ass then like omega would be in this match already but he's not and he's probably just going to be the second or third champion eventually um Mm -hmm. but yeah like i think they're very open to trying a lot of new things and seeing like what works and you know even if when it comes to the decision of like if somebody else is more popular than them then i think they're going to go for that and especially because i think even like bringing in a guy like moxley that showed a lot too that they're willing to take who's hot and try to use them Mm. you know at least in my opinion yeah but um it'll be interesting to see especially how that evolves because this is still the beginning like this is still really early. Like, yeah, Very things could early. change in a year or two or five. Like, yeah, who fucking knows? But it's exciting to see. But uh, I don't know. Where, so where do you, do you? So do you think they're actually going to go with uh, Paige or Jericho? I mean, you're picking Jericho for the uh, effects of this contest, at least. But I think they're going to go Paige. Yeah. Because the other thing, right, at least as far as Jericho is, it's tempting because of the name value. Right off the bat, like, it gives a certain level of credibility. But, like, I feel like the moment is more memorable overall if Paige wins. Because, like, Paige beats Jericho is a big headline. Jericho beats Paige, it's like, okay, yeah, I figured. At least compared to, you know, between the two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. Which match are you taking left? We got uh, three left for All Out. Yeah. Uh, what do we have left? The Women's uh, Battle the, Royal, the Women's, uh, women's Royal. Match, and uh, Tag Team Match on the pre-show. Uh, I'm going to go Britt Baker takes the Casino Battle Royal. Mm, okay. I think she's the most pushed woman, so going to go with her. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm trying to remember, we already know who's going to be uh, already challenging on the other side, right? Uh, I don't think so. Or no, we don't know. Or is it, no, is it the singles match is determining one person and then the Battle Royals determining the other? No, the Battle Royals were determining one of the opponents, and then it, it hasn't been announced yet who's going to be the other. Hmm. Okay. Then, you know what? Um, Nyla Rose. Is Nyla Rose in the match? Yes. I'm going to go with her. I feel like Nyla Rose is the perfect person to choose to win this battle royal and then fucking lose the first match. Like, hmm. lose the first title match. Like, it's just like a strong competitor like that somebody would look good at least just like on a physical level like beating but then also like building more as like a baby face that like later on then she could eventually win or whatever um and just from like a you know just straight up like cynical marketing perspective it's like 
let's get the transgender girl on the first episode in an important role. Because that'll get us good press. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's that. <laughs> so they could forever say in their history books, like, look at how fucking open-minded we are. We had a transgender girl in the very first women's title match in our promotion. Yeah, that sounds like something you could uh, advertise. But nobody's, nobody else can say that, I don't think. So, that's why I'm going to go Nyla Rose. But Britt Baker's definitely a solid... Because she's definitely, like, in their top women that they're pushing. Like, her, Brandy Rhodes... Um, I'd assume Awesome Kong is going to be pretty important. But I, I figure she's going to be a little bit more of, like, a side character. Like, almost like the female undertaker of this division. Mm-hmm. Like, she just comes in, kills people every once in a while. And then disappears. Um... But uh, I don't know, who else in this women's division do you think they're going to be kind of building around at this point? Uh, I think you're right with Nyla Rose. I think Britt Baker, possibly Allie. Allie, yep. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because she got the singles match against Brandy at the last pay-per-view, I think. I think Awesome Kong is going to be... I don't think they're going to build around her. I think she's going to be what who elevates the women to like the main event level. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it, she said in interviews what she wants to do and then they brought in Jazz I feel like to do the same here you go here's their future moment someday they could build to it if Nyla Rose could someday pick up and slam Awesome Kong in like a recreation of the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant moment and that's how Nyla Rose wins her first title or something <laughs> like take it from Awesome Kong champion that could be cool yeah Anyway, getting very ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's see, we got two matches left. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Angelico and Jack Evans over Private Party. Uh, just because. Just because he can. Just because he can. I like them, and I feel like I remember them losing last time, so. I think they need. Uh, oh, yeah, Angelico and Evans. Yeah, they, they've lost the past, like, two times now. Yeah, so there we go. They've lost. Every time. They need a win. Uh, so I get the last match then? You do. Riho, Riho versus Hikaru Shida. I'm going to go Riho wins. Because I Riho. feel like it's just a 50-50 shot. <laughs> sure, why not? One Japanese girl or another Japanese girl, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. For racist Joe. Makes no yep. difference. I mean, I am a straight white guy, so totally racist. <laughs> straight white man. God. Just. Alright. I'll show you straight white man. With, uh. A obvious prediction. Because we all know who's going to win the main event of Royal Quest. Mm-hmm. It's no contest. Suzuki versus Okada. Okada's keeping that belt, baby. As much as I love Minoru Suzuki. He's absolutely in my top five. He's not winning that belt. <laughs> uh, I'm going to follow it up with the... Maybe the next match down. Uh-huh. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hiroshi Tan- Tanahashi. I'm going to uh, go with yes. Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think Tanahashi wins the British Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Just doesn't seem quite right. If, <laughs> I feel like it would just be very goofy. 
and then like he'd have to lose it right away like and that's just not good for that title probably mm-hmm. so yeah keep it on saber because it's i feel like that's just saber's belt like it's just his it's just, just his yeah just has. nobody is allowed to challenge for it anymore <laughs> he just is the ref pro british heavyweight champion period actually you know what is there ever a tradition of doing that with like I know that sometimes they'll give like a belt to like a specific deceased wrestler in honor of them and things like that, mm-hmm. but like when a championship is retired, do they ever like give it to one guy as like the official champion? That's like you were like, you know, either the guy who held it the most times or held it the most amount of times, or anything like that. Like, is, have you ever heard of that? No, I have not. Hmm. Because I feel like if they were ever to do a thing like that, then, like, if this belt were ever to be retired, they would just have to give it to Zack Sabre Jr. Just like, yeah, this is your belt. Here you go. You just get this. Yeah, you just, you get to have this forever. Uh, okay, let's see. So, uh, oh, yeah, another another belt that people will definitely be keeping for a while. Uh, IWGP Tag Titles, G.O.D., is going to be defending against mystery opponents. Yeah. Um, and this is New Japan, where people are more conservative. So G.O.D. is going to f- retain against whoever the fuck. <laughs> I don't even know. Because, yeah, I don't think New Japan is just going to throw the tag titles onto random other people. Although, I guess it's not random to them. Uh, I'm going to go with the first title change, I think, is mm. going to be Kenta... Uh, yeah. wins the never open weight championship from Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, I think you're right. That's that's going to be a really glorious moment too. Holy shit, like completing the heel turn and really getting that credibility. Yeah, that's going to be heartbreaking. Some, bring in some gold to the the Bullet Club. Yep. Bring in the gold to the Bullet Club. Uh and just tease even more of course what is everybody's dream match at this point now. Which would be like Kenta versus Shibata for that never title. Yep. <sighs> yep. Yep. Kenta's definitely winning that. It's too good not to. Like, like as much as I love Ishii and that title with him, it's like, yeah. Yeah, Kenta needs it. Uh, okay, let's see. What else do we got? Um, hmm. I'm going to take Ibushi and Juice Robinson over uh, Yujiro Takashi and Hikaleo because... Yeah, that's the guy who just won the goddamn G1 and Juice Robinson versus uh, basically Bullet Club jobbers. I was going to say Bullet Club, like, low tier. Yeah, these are the lowest tier Bullet Club guys. These guys are even lower tier than Chase Owens. Um, I am also going to go with a win over the Bullet Club where I say Chaos. Uh, Will Ospreay mm. and Robbie Eagles defeat Bullet Club, Taiji Ishimori, and El Hasmo. Okay. Yeah, that would <clears throat> that would make some sense to uh, potentially set up like a uh, light heavyweight tag match mm-hmm. at some point because uh, yeah, Bullet Club has those right now. So yeah, if Chaos got a win, then they could challenge later. And I would fucking love to see Osprey and Eagles challenge for those titles. That'd be great. Although yeah, I could definitely see ELP sneaking a win over Osprey though, because Osprey was uh, one of the few guys who did just go through G one. Yeah. For the juniors, so then, like, he's still, I guess, like, kind of weakened. So then maybe they could sneak a win over him, and then ELP could get a challenge. 
Yeah, I only went with Chaos in this one just because mm-hmm. I feel like Osprey and Eagles have been more on the rise than Ishimori mm-hmm. and Phantasma, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Eagles being new, like, he does need to get some wins, mm-hmm. I think. And I fucking love his name, Ruffy Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna go with... Oh, definitely this is gonna be the opener. I'm gonna go Rapongi 3K over uh, Taguchi and Young Lions. Yeah, I definitely would. <laughs> uh, I would agree with that. And yeah, then... That... Yeah. In New Japan, if there's a Young Lion on a team... They're and there's not on the other team, then the young line loses. Period. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's just what happens. Yeah. It's just what happens. It's part of the, you know, it's part of the world. Mm-hmm. Last match, then. Naito uh, and Sonata versus Jay White and Chase Owens. Yeah, so I'm going to give Bullet Club the win here because I mm. don't think, besides Kenta, they're not getting a win anywhere else. Okay. So I'm just trying to even it out. It could yeah. be totally wrong, but... Yeah, fair enough. I just don't think Bullet Club goes completely defeated, so... Yeah, and also I feel like this could set up... Um, actually, let me check really quick within G1. Yeah, okay, because Jay White did beat Naito in G1. So I think uh, I could okay. see Jay White getting another win over Naito, kind of what you're saying, to a further establish him challenging for the Intercontinental title. I could definitely see that. Although the only problem is the fact that like his tag partner is Chase Owens, and Chase Owens is pretty weak compared to these other three guys. So like I could see Naito or Sonata pinning Chase Owens, and then Jay White is still fine, and he'll you know challenge later, or whatever. I assume probably for the Intercontinental title. Although Jay White also did get wins over like in G one, he beat uh, Moxley also, so he could challenge for the U.S. title if Juice doesn't get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, he also beat Ishii so if by some miracle Kenta doesn't bring the Never title to Bullet Club then Jay White could go challenge him so then it's like damn son oh wait no he did not beat Ishii Ishii beat White but yeah he beat Naito and Moxley so he's got options alright should we bang out the uh, NXT UK Cardiff as well yeah, and we're going to be match. even on this one because neither of us knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, like, I I have not watched, like, any of it. I just looked up the card to kind of see what's going on. And, uh, yeah, let's fuck it. Let's let's blaze through it. All uh, right. It's your okay. turn. To start... Oh, I'm going to go main event. Walter, it will retain... Fuck you. <laughs> over... It's like, of course he's going to fucking retain. And also, Tyler Bate is the perfect challenger for him to beat, too, cause, right? Because it's the other former champion. It's another guy who was associated with Pete Dunne. Uh huh. So yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I'm gonna go with the women's championship match. I think mm-hmm. Kaylee Ray uh, takes it from Tony Storm. Ooh, banking on the title change. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I could see Storm Storm retaining. I feel like it's Tony time. It's always Tony time. Never take that title off her. I fucking uh, love Tony Storm. Do we see God. the the woman that Tony took the title from, which was Rhea Ripley? Oh uh, yeah, another sexy NXT. Australian. She showed up on regular NXT. That's right. Wasn't she getting uh, Shayna Baszler's face? Yep. I'm down. So funny because I think she's bigger than like Shayna Baszler and the other two combined. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jessamine Duke has like a weird figure because she's super tall, but she's crazy lanky. Yeah. (laughs) 
But yeah, yeah, Rhea Ripley. I would love to see that challenge for Shayna Baszler. She's fun. Uh, okay, let's see. What else? What else? Um, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Dave Mastiff getting the win over Joe Coffey in the last man standing. Mm. I feel like, yeah. how the fuck are you going to keep that guy down? Unless you yeah. cheat. But those the other two guys, Gallus, are in the tag match, so they'll be busy. Yes. Uh, in the tag match, I see Mark Andrews, or Mandrews, and Flash Morgan Webster taking the UK mm. tag team titles. Okay. Andrews and Webster. Going for a babyface win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to go for Gallus. So, uh, still going for new champs, but it kind of in like the WWE fashion of like, you know, steal somebody else's hard work, and the heels get the championship. Gotcha. Because also that's uh that's three guys in Gallus, so they could do the uh the whole Freebird rule thing maybe. Yeah. The next uh, new day. Yeah. There you go. The uh, I was about to say the Jew day for some reason, but I was like, no, these guys are Jewish. <laughs> They're all from the UK. The UK day. No, just the UK. <laughs> just. Okay, I'll move on. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, last match: Travis Banks versus Noam Dar. Jesus Christ! What the? F- this is like the most coin flippiest of coin flip fucking matches ever. Uh, Travis Banks. Uh, I was gonna go with Noam Dar, so it works for me. There we go. Man, three shows down. Mm-hmm. All the predictions in. That is, let me count the match real quick. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 on All Out. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 on Royal Quest. And then 5 for Cardiff. So that's 23 matches. Definitely won't have a tie. Yeah, we will not have a tie. Uh, unless, the, are there any uh, bonus questions or uh, things we want to do? Like, uh, uh, the, will the CM only, Punk appear, yes or no? <laughs> the only thing I can think of is who's going to come out in Cody's corner. Hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm too convinced with your answer about Arn Anderson that like, <laughs> I don't want to bet against that now. Like, that's that sounds too right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with, yeah, Brandy is in the battle royal, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're too right. That's too smart. I can't bet against it. Especially because I don't have, like, a good alternate fucking response, so. Uh, unless it should be, um, what's his dog's name? Shit. Oh, crap, I'm blanking on it. Uh, yeah. It's not Ghost, but he's a white dog. That's why I'm big. Cody um, Rhodes. Um, what the hell is his damn dog's name? Dog. Um, Pharaoh. Pharaoh, that's right. Beautiful there we dog. Go. Get Pharaoh in there. Sick Pharaoh on Sean Spears. <laughs> like teach him to like bite him or something. <laughs> I mean, does anybody in wrestling do that? Does anybody have like a trained dog that like bites people as part of matches? Uh, not a trained dog to do that. Uh, people people have had, had dogs. Like you have the British Bulldogs with Matilda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could be Cody's new gimmick. He, like, trains Pharaoh to just bite people. Like a wolf. <laughs> there you go. Even though Cody Rhodes is, uh, like, the greatest gimmick of all time, always in his mouth just by being the son of Dusty Rhodes, like, 
you can give him Wolf Boy gimmick. Then Wolf Boy and Jungle Boy can make like a new alliance of the jungle. <laughs> we got <laughs> Cody's sh- selling a shirt that has a picture of Pharaoh and it says, Good Boy, Pharaoh for President 2020. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'd vote for him. <laughs> Over Trump? I'd vote for Pharaoh. <laughs> but, uh, well, before we get political, we should probably sign off then, yeah? Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, and listening to our predictions, breaking down AEW's All Out, New Japan's Royal Quest, and WWE NXT UK Cardiff. The title's on the line for 23 matches. It's going to be a busy weekend. It's a busy-ass weekend of catching up with this stuff. But we do it for us. (laughs) And you get to listen, too. You know, you get to come along. We'll be back in two weeks to run down our selections from this coming weekend and mm-hmm. to predict Clash of Champions. The Clash w- of the Champions. WWE style. Yeah, good shit. So peace out till then, everybody. And uh, we'll see you then. Yep. Have a good night. <laughs>